0: Hello, mummers. Today on the podcast, I am bringing to you my conversation with Kara Harvey. If you haven't heard of Kara before, first of all, you're going to love her. This conversation is full of so much gold and I took so much away from this interview with her. I was taking notes and I've already implemented so much and it has been a game changer. So if you're wanting more productivity, tips and all things, time blocking, time managing, how to get, how to still get stuff done and be a present mom, then this conversation is for you. Cara is a productivity coach and expert, especially for mums. She is the creator and founder of A Purpose Driven Mum, and she's going to introduce herself because her story is pretty amazing. And I loved getting to know her and I know that you are going to love what she has to bring to you today. So let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Wholesome Mama Show. I'm Elise and I'm on a mission to help women break free of feeling stuck in survival mode and enjoy motherhood again, even through the tough seasons. When I became a new mom, I felt lost, confused and didn't know my calling beyond motherhood or even if I had one the last few years have been a journey of finding myself again becoming well from the inside out and figuring out how to enjoy this time with my little ones John 10.10 says that we are called to a full, abundant life, and I know that that includes us mothers. Join me here for conversations around living with intention, simplifying our homes, holistic health, including quitting the tox, how to really walk in faith in today's world, conscious parenting and marriage, and so much more. So mama, if you've been finding life stressful and overwhelming lately, I'm here for you and I'm so glad that you are here too. Let's take a moment, grab a cup of tea or a glass of bubbles and let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Wholesome Mama Show and you are in for a treat today. I have Kara Harvey, with me today and we have been chatting and I'm so excited for her to share with you about her book that she released earlier this year and also we're going to be talking about how us mums because we all know mums are busy can make the most out of our days. So Cara welcome to the Wholesome Mama show. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah thank you for having me. So before we get into our discussion today, can you introduce yourself, share a little bit about you and particularly what your journey into motherhood has looked like?
1: Sure. So I am a mom of a four, six and 15 year old, and I am one of those like accidental entrepreneurs, like never meant to be sitting in this seat. I was a school teacher for eight years and I just loved it until I hit burnout and I couldn't do it anymore. You know, I was working. Uh, 10, 12 hour days on the weekends. I wasn't seeing my family or my kids and it felt miserable, honestly. And I thought, is this what it's supposed to feel like? Because this is not good for me. This is not fun. And right around year eight, I hit burnout and I told my husband I couldn't do it anymore. And he supportive guy he is was like, sure, but we have to make money. So what are you going to do? You know? And uh, I decided I would figure out something that could at least Make that bare minimum. And so I got started in network marketing and I did that full time for about three years while I had my daughter and tried to figure out this working from home thing. And right around nine months pregnant with my son, I decided to pivot completely. I just didn't want to do network marketing anymore. I was burning myself out again, doing all the same things I did that burnt me out as a teacher in box zero every night. I was like carrying my laptop around, you know, I was glued to my phone and I felt like I was missing my kids' lives because all I was doing was working. And so when my son was born, I bought a domain and thought, all right, let's try my hand at business. And that was probably the hardest uh, first year of my life because right after I decided to pivot, my husband lost his job. So he was the primary breadwinner at this point. And we almost lost everything. I sat in line at the food pantry. We almost lost our house. And We just didn't know what to do, but I was home trying to make the business work, and I was also struggling with postpartum anxiety and depression, and so here I am trying to make my business work. I've got these three kids. My husband's out of work, and I spent most of my days sitting on the floor crying because I thought, this sucks, and is not what I thought motherhood was going to be like. What is wrong with me? And After years of getting help in therapy and learning some new systems, I realized that It wasn't me that I was able to get some help and support and I was able to switch my hustle mentality because honestly, at least that's what I had. I had this mentality that if I stayed up later, if I burnt myself out, that meant I was working harder than everybody else and that I mattered more. Like I'm going to be real. I thought those days staying latest at work made me more important than everybody else. And what I learned was all it was doing was making me lose myself in my job or lose myself in motherhood, or lose myself in whatever I was hustling for. And so now it's been five years since I started my site and uh, my life coaching business for moms. And I have finally adopted this anti-hustle approach to productivity that I think fits beautifully in with what we need as busy moms.
0: Yeah. And I think so many moms can relate to that, particularly in trying to, you know, the... um stigma kind of thing that we have to have it all so we have to be the mum who stays at home and looks after our kids but we also like you know particularly nowadays we need income we need money to survive and so we also need to do that and so there is this big hustle mentality and it is causing so much mum guilt over I'm I'm trying to do all the things I'm trying to keep up. My phone is constantly attached to me. So then I can't be a good mum. And so I love that you have, you know, used your story to now help other mums through that. And you've recently released your book called The 15 Minute Formula. Can you just quickly share with us what the message, your heart behind the message of this book?
1: Sure. So I never actually meant to write a book. I know that sounds like a bucket list thing for people. Not me. I didn't want to do it. It came out of honestly my own need of trying to find something in the productivity space for moms because everything out there is hustle. Get up at 5am. Go, go, go. It has this masculine energy of like do or you're a failure. Like if you don't try hard enough, it's your fault. And I just thought it was garbage. So I said, listen, we need something else out there that actually makes sense because it is different for us as moms. And we have to look at our days and our times differently. And so my hope with the 15-minute formula is that it can show moms that they don't have to show up 150% all the time to make a difference. They can show up in the power pockets, is what I call them of their days. Because honestly, some days that's all we have is those tiny, tiny micro moments. And Move towards their goals, and they don't have to put themselves on the back burner while they're in whatever phase of motherhood um, they're in, or while what you know they're trying to work and and quote balance, um, which I think is just a huge myth. Like balance at all, it's really more about growing the confidence that you get from showing up for yourself. Like I tell the moms I work with all the time, listen, I want you to achieve your goals, but I really don't even care about them. I care about your journey along the way. I care about the fact that you show up for yourself and you remind yourself that you're worth. Showing up for and that person you become on the way to hitting your goal. And that's really what I'm hoping that moms get when uh, the book gets in front of them and they get to read it.
0: Yeah, so good. And that's so true that a lot of the things, particularly when I was a new mom and I also started out in network marketing and then pivoted like you into this. And but everything you read is will get up earlier. And here I am with a six month old going. I can't, I can't. And is is that why I'm not? So I love that it is so practical and we're going to get into the real practical bits for mums, but I love that you have created this guide for mums to hold to go, okay, I can use these little pockets of time that I have to actually make a difference in my kid's life. So I love that. And one thing that you talk about, I've been making my way through the book. And one thing that you talk about is this idea of the Monday mentality. So can you share with the listeners, what is this and how do we, how do we ditch the Monday mentality?
1: Yeah, sure. So I was guilty and maybe sometimes can still be guilty of this Monday mentality. And I think we've all been there, right? If you've ever decided to go on a diet or eat healthier, right? You tell yourself, okay, I'm gonna go to the gym for two hours a day and I'm never gonna like sniff a carb or like eat a piece of chocolate. And then by Tuesday, you're like, mm, that sounded great. I'll try again on Monday, right? We do that with every single goal. You wanna get up earlier? Okay, 5 a.m. right away, right? Or you're trying to go to bed earlier, 9 p.m. right away. Like it doesn't work to go all or nothing because our brains are gonna fight against it because of what they know. And our brains are trying to keep us safe. And when you go from zero to 100, It's so overwhelming and it feels like so big that you struggle to go past day one. And that's why so many of us make these beautiful vision boards at the beginning of the year, right? And then by, you know, the second or third week in January, you're like, what goals? I said, what? I was going to, you know, and most people just quit. The Monday mentality is exactly that. It's thinking, I'll just keep pushing it off because I can't do it perfectly. And one of the things that I think is so important is recognizing that, perfection is not it. That is not going to be what's going to get you to your goal. It's going to be small, tiny micro wins. And so one of the things that I teach the moms that I'm working with is pick your goal, whatever it is, figure out where you want to go and break it into the tiniest chunks to start to grow your confidence. Because I think what has happened for so many of us is we've tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed. So now our our brain is like, we can't do this. Why are you even bothering with this goal? You've tried to write this book or declutter your house or, you know, start this cleaning routine so many times and you're not doing it. So why is this going to be different? And I think when you're trying to fight the Monday mentality, what makes it different is you start differently. So I teach a concept called routine stacking. um, And this has really been a game changer for the moms I work with, because instead of doing it all, I'm actually saying, I want you to do less. And I get a lot of resistance, right? They're like, but it's going to take forever. I'm never going to get there. And I have to say cheekily to them, like, how's it going so far? Because doing it all with this perfectionist mentality has not served you. So instead, I actually encourage moms to put less on their plates, do less in the beginning, because you will wind up doing more because you will show up more consistently. And so part of that is breaking that goal down say we have an evening routine and you're like, I want to do this evening routine. Start with your vision. Where do you want to go? Okay, I want to load my dishes before I go to bed. I want to make the lunches. Uh, I want to check my planner for tomorrow and I want to take out the trash. Those are like the four things I want to see in my evening routine. What do we normally do? I'm going to do all four on Monday. Maybe you do and then you quit by Tuesday. Instead, pick one. Pick one of those things that you want to do and get really good at it. And I actually, I don't even uh, recommend. 7 days, a lot of people, you know, 21 days to make a habit. I think that's great, but I also am a human being and I'm flawed and I don't want to show up perfectly. Like I'm tired some nights. Like I didn't make um my kids lunches for tomorrow yet, right? And by the time we get done here, I'm probably not going to feel like doing it and that's okay. And so I actually encourage you to have like 5 days a week be like the highest thing that you're shooting for. And if you do extra, that's like the sprinkles on your ice cream. Like that's cool. That's extra pat yourself on the back because You're not going to want to do it every day. And when you set yourself up to do it perfectly, and then you fail on Tuesday, you say, screw it, I'll do it on Monday. So start with one. All right, I'm going to load my dishes. Five days this week, that is my goal. You get to the end of the week, you do your five days, then you add in the second habit. And when you start to slowly add those habits in, you're growing in confidence. And what often happens is because you know where you want to go, you stop and say, hey, I loaded my dishes. That didn't actually take as long as I thought. I think I'll try the next thing on my list, which is making the lunches. Now, in week one, that's optional. So you show up on Sundays and you're like, wow, I can show up for myself a little bit more. And then the other days you do your one thing and you pat yourself on the back and say, great job. And that's the difference. It's being able to move at a slower pace to get yourself more consistent, to actually create habits instead of these one and done, go all in for a week um, changes we attempt.
0: Yeah, the all or nothing mentality is killer because again, you are setting yourself up to for guilt and feeling like a failure when you don't get it done. So I love, and five days a week sounds so doable and it is so doable and it is taking that pressure off you. Yeah,
1: the buffer time. I think that's that's been a um, key component that I think a lot of people are missing is what I call buffer time because we expect ourselves to show up all the time perfectly. And then when we don't, we don't know how to get back on track. Mm. And so my recommendation is not in like a Debbie Downer, you're gonna fail type of way, but in a proactive and realistic way, ask yourself, can I show up for five days? That way, if you have that midweek day, cool. When you make a goal, I always encourage people add one or two weeks to it. Like however long you think it's gonna take you, add more time to it because guess what? Life is going to happen. You don't know what is going to happen but something's gonna happen. So when I was writing the book, I had this great plan for like how long it would take me. And along the way, um, my life kind of imploded in the middle of writing it. Like my husband lost his job again. So this is like years later, again, in this story, um, my grandmother passed away. I left my church that I was at for a long time. So it was like a lot of grieving. And I sat on the couch for two weeks and I just did nothing. I just like had my feelings and sat there, but guess what? I'd given myself buffer time. So when I was ready to get back on track, I had my plan already there, And I had buffer, So my goal went from writing three days a week to now I had to write five days a week to stay on track. Still doable, still not perfection. And it was just tiny adjustment. When we don't leave buffer time in our time blocks or our goal plans or our habit stacks, then we don't know how to get back when we feel so far behind. And that's something that happens so often to the moms I work with.
0: Yeah, so let's get into time blocking. So what is it? Because to to me, before I really looked into what it actually is, it sounded really like strict and regiment, but actually it's the total opposite and actually makes more room for freedom. So can you share with us what time blocking is? Sure.
1: Um, I will say I am a person who is very like type A, I loved my hourly planner, and when I was teaching, an hourly schedule worked for me. Honestly, I needed even like a half-hour schedule because of the way I was teaching. I taught special education; I was in and out of classrooms. But then I had kids, and I learned that they don't care. They don't care about your schedules. They're like, I don't, I don't care what you're trying to do. And so my frustration came because I was trying to stick to this hourly schedule. I was like, Great, it's 9:05. We're gonna do this, and if you know, you just said your da- your daughter, right, was napping, right? And it's like it's nap time. Like some days it works. Some days they're like, I don't care what time you think it is. And I've realized that time blocking needed to be the shift and time blocking. So whether you're like me who loves a rigid schedule or somebody who's more free flowing, time blocking can work for you because it is a mix of urgency and flexibility. It's essentially going through and looking at your week and looking day to day. You can make different time blocks, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, on the weekends. I think That's a place people get stuck is they feel like every day's blocks have to be the same. No, make them however you want. And you're going to block out, I'd say between two and five hours, three to four is kind of that sweet spot um, on your schedule. And when you're looking at, say you're looking at your Monday through Friday, ask yourself, what natural breaks do I have in my day to block out? So this might be, you know, school drop-off, school pickup bedtime meals. Whenever someone's like, I don't have any natural breaks. I'm like, you eat. Right. So you can have one block that goes from, Hey, I woke up to breakfast, breakfast to lunch, lunch, to snack, snack to dinner, dinner till bed. And you're going to physically block those off. And then this is a game changer when it comes to time blocking before you're putting anything in your plan. I would encourage people to theme them. So look through and give a general theme of what you want to be accomplishing. A lot of times people will say, I don't have time for my goals. And I ask, do you have a place for them to go? And they're like, no, because I'm always running and doing all this. Pause and put some themes in. So themes could be, if you're homeschooling, you might have a homeschool block. For me, like my kids are at school. So I have some work blocks in there. I have a block that I call just like mommy time. And that's from like four to seven. Like when I pick my kids up from school to bed. So I mean, I was like four to eight and that's when I'm just mom, Like that's when I'm doing stuff with them. We do activities. You might have a chores block or a self-care block or a relationships block, whatever you want it to be. Now, are you gonna do things in that block that aren't in the theme? Yes, but the theme is there so that when you assign your goals, you know where to put them. You have a place, you're like, oh, cool. I know that I want to um, exercise. I'm gonna put that in my self-care block. I know that I wanna take this course, this personal course. I'm taking a course on like picky eaters right now, like because my kids are, we're in a picky eating stage, right? Where do I do that during my learning block? When is my learning block? It tends to be after I put my kids to bed, right? And I've pre-assigned it. And I think what's really key here is that you don't jam pack those blocks with a ton of things. This is something that took me a while to grasp, but um, did you know you don't have to fill up every line of your planner? Like it's there, but like we don't have to do it, right? But don't we want to? Don't we want to fill every line up because it's there and we could cross it off? And, and then we search for the perfect planner to solve our problems. And then it sits in the planner graveyard and, you know, and rinse and repeat, that's what we do, right? Instead, what I encourage people to do is pick three. So there's this concept of the big three. Like you pick your big three priorities for the day. I actually think that if you continue to just pick three priorities, you're going to always work in the same areas of your life And I actually suggest that you pick three micro priorities for each time block. So these are three 15-ish minute tasks that you're going to accomplish in those time blocks. And that way, you're not just working on your big priorities all the time. Like, because if I say what's your biggest priority, you probably say like your kids or your family. Well, then we're always working on stuff for them. Like, where do we fit in? So instead, hey, I've got this self-care block. It's from, you know, 6 to 9 a.m. Now, in 6 to 9 a.m., I'm still getting my kids ready for school. We're still doing the normal stuff. But what are the three micro wins that I want to have for that day inside that block? I want to do my workout. I want to do my journal. And I want to take a shower. All right, cool. Those are my three things that fit there. And so you've got them focused. They're not massive tasks, but they at least allow you to work on your priorities. And the cool thing about time blocking, to go back to what you were saying about it feeling super rigid, is that it doesn't have to be in the, It's done in the right order. You choose how you feel. So if some days I wake up and I decide like in my um, self-care block that I want to work out before I do my journaling, cool. I can learn to to trust my intuition, trust what I feel like doing and not feel so stuck. Because what happens? Say I have a, a block that's like our house block and that's where I do my cleaning and my chores. If I always told myself that the first thing I was going to do was clean the bathrooms, it would, nothing else would ever get done because I hate cleaning the bathrooms, right? I'd be like, well, I don't want to clean the bathroom. And it'd be like rinse and repeat. Whereas instead, if it was, you know, like clean the toilet, put away the laundry and um, I don't know, like load the dishwasher, I could pick the one that I felt like doing first and then get some momentum going until I get to that last task. And I think that's where the flexibility and the freedom comes in. It's not saying you have to do them in order. It's not saying you have to um, do everything minute by minute. It's saying by the end of this block, whatever time it is, right? Because if my block's three hours, I've got three 15 to 30 minute tasks in there. Where am I putting them in? And then the rest of the block can be whatever the rest of the block is. You could work on it for extra time. You can do whatever you need. But it's about having that micro priority so that you're focusing on what matters to you, but also getting done all the stuff that you just need to get done.
0: I love that idea of micro priorities because I have definitely heard, and I'm a big fan of not overfilling your to-do list. Like, because that to me is how I would get burnt out and feel like get mum guilt every day of going, Oh, I had like, I have on my bedside table, um, listed like a brain dump that I did last night. Cause my brain was full. And so I was just writing everything down. If I looked at that, today and when i need to get these 20 things done so i love that breaking it down in your time block so you're still getting done the stuff because for me i would i would literally only clean if i had picked only three things it would be like clean 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 some kind of cleaning laundry so then i wouldn't get anything done I wouldn't have time to edit podcasts and put them together I wouldn't have time to you know do that and i love the idea of Um, doing a mummy time and theming it so that you're not then feeling guilty of going, I know I should be spending time with my kids, but yeah, I really have to go and fold the laundry or do the dishwasher or whatever. Um, So I love that. So how do you suggest a mum, you've pretty much gone over it, but how do you suggest a mum does this if she's really struggling with that with that mom guilt, how do you practically suggest she does from here?
1: Yeah, so, you know, going through those steps is really important that I talked about, but I also teach three different versions of your block to make because a lot of people just want the final block, right? You're like, great, I've got my task broken down. Don't start there. Well, actually, you're going to start there, but you're not going to use it. So the three blocks that I suggest people make is, and again, this is three versions of the same day or a couple days or whatever. Um, The first is your ideal. That's like the one we just talked about, right? It's got your themes in there. It's got your three suggested things um, so that it's kind of mapped out, but do not start there. I want you to pick one thing. Now this could be one thing per block. This could be one block that you work on, customize it. And this is your in-progress block. And this is where we start small. And I hear a lot of moms will come to me and say, I'm just like out of control with my schedule. I just don't know how to do it. And I say, what's one thing you can do in this block? So maybe it's like, take my shower in the morning or put the laundry away or spend one-on-one time with my kid. Like you can decide per block what it is and then use that routine stacking I already talked about and say, okay, so for this week, I'm gonna work on um, every other block doing one thing and then letting the rest of my day free flow. And then the next week, I'm going to work now on keeping those, whatever, three things. Let's pretend we have six blocks, right? Those three that I just did last week, I'm going to keep them solid. And now I'm going to add in those other three things. So then by the end of week two, you've got one new task per six, you know, per block, and then you can start to add more in. And as you slowly do it over time, it doesn't feel overwhelming. It doesn't feel like you're checking off all these boxes and filling it. The goal is not to fill it. The goal with time blocking is to have urgency instead of saying, By the end of the day, I'm going to make this phone call. It's by the end of this block, I'm going to make this phone call because we're real good at procrastinating. I mean, I will, I will procrastinate loading my dishes forever. I'll "I'll do it sometime. I'll do it sometime. And then it gets to the end of the day and I'm like, I don't want to do this at all. Right. That's the key is knowing, Hey, by the end of this block, it's got to get done. I don't care when it gets done. It's got to get done. And I'm not going to feel like I need to get everything done. Now, what happens is we gain momentum and we start to see where we can fit in extra time, but that's not where we go. So you start with your ideal block, where you want to go. And we do the vision because like I mentioned with routine stacking, if you know where you want to go on the days where you're getting momentum and in a good mood, then you just do above and beyond because you know where you're going next, but it's bonus. You make your in-progress block and that's the one that you grow with each week. You can print it out slowly. And then I recommend a third block. And I call this one, when the poop hits the fan, because it's going to, right? Like it's going to happen. Life is going to get in our way. So if you've ever had those days where you're sick, somebody's sick, you're stressed out, whatever, like whatever the thing is that throws you off, and then your whole day is thrown off, this is going to help combat that. So when your poop hits the fan block is going through and looking at your vision, your ideal days, and asking yourself in each block, what is one thing? that I would like to accomplish that would help me on those days that are really hard. So like, if you know that if you don't take a 20 minute walk in the morning, like you will become like a crazy monster and you need that time. Well, that's your one thing. If you know that if you, you guys don't eat lunch when things get really busy and then you get hangry, lunch is your one thing, right? Whatever it is for you, it doesn't have to be above and beyond. And you make these blocks before it happens when we're trying to make the, the blocks in the moment, our brain's like, no, nah, I'm good. We're just going to sit here in our pity party and like live here for the day. But instead, it's not saying, listen, today's hard, right? Whatever the circumstances is. I got all these sick kids home. I don't know what to do, but I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to take it off my plate for a little bit and say, listen, I decided that the one thing I was going to do during my mommy block was like, we um have dinner together. That's what we're going to do. Okay, great. We're still going to eat dinner. I don't care if you watch TV for the whole rest of the block, does not bother me one. We're gonna do that one thing. And I find that having those blocks predetermined allows you to not lose complete momentum from like the habits you were already forming and allows you to end the day being like, yo, today was hard. Like I did not get it done when I wanted to get done, but I showed up for a couple things and I feel pretty okay about that. And I'm gonna let that be enough because some days. We have to just let it be enough, but also we don't want to completely just throw our hands up in the air and say, screw it. Because I think that that can derail a lot of the progress and the growth we've made. And then it perpetuates what I call the inner critic, that voice in your head that tells you you're awful. I knew you couldn't do it. You weren't able to keep up with it. You thought you'd be able to keep your cleaning routine up, but look, see, one thing throws you off. You're the worst or whatever. That's what mine sounds like. Whatever yours sounds like, right? They rinse and repeat. This way, it's like, you no, know, you can be quiet. My, I call my inner critic Julia is her name. And I'm like, Julia, you can be quiet right now. Like I showed up today. I loaded those dang dishes that I didn't want to load. And I don't care what the rest of the house looks like, because I showed up on what I determined was my priority. Not a pretty Pinterest chart, not that person on the school, not somebody that makes me feel like I'm supposed to do this. This is what I predetermined was most important for me and my family during this block. And I'm going to be OK with it. And I think that takes practice, but it's possible.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love having your ideal and then in progress. And then yeah, on the bad days, what is and for everyone that's going to look different. So like as yeah. you were thinking, I was think as you were speaking, I was thinking what, okay, what what of some of my like when it's a bad day and we're sick, we're tired, we're emotional or whatever's going on, it's like if I can just vacuum the floor, then, then I'm good. Then I'm good. Yeah that's all we need. And like,
1: that's the key. I think, I think we live in mom guilt of feeling like we must perform at a hundred percent all the time or we're failing. And I think that this mentality of I'm doing the best I can, I call it this mix of intentionality and grace. Like, that's what it is. I'm going to do my best. And I'm going to say, listen, I can do this, but on the days I can't, that's okay too. Yeah. And, I'm going to be okay with it. And, and that's what I really hope moms hear today is like, you're amazing and you can do anything you want, but you don't have to and mm. it's fine.
0: Yeah, I love that thought. Let, let it be enough. Just let it, let it mm-hmm. be enough for today. So in your book, and we've kind of talked about the buffer and just before we finish, can you, you talk about three blocks that moms need and the buffer we've covered is one, but can you share about the other two that moms need in their day?
1: Yeah, sure. So yeah, definitely add buffer time. And the other one is transition time. So think back to like at school, right? You go from class to class, a bell rings, you have to go from and get there and your brain switches from history to biology. We don't do that at home, do we? We just kind of move on autopilot on at one speed. I think transition times are great to add in to the end or the start, however you want to look at it, of the next block. So I say this and sometimes people will be like, but then my time blocks won't be beautiful. Like 12 will become 12, 15. It's fine, it's fine. It's just the clock, right? Use this time to transition your brain and your body for you and your kids. So this could be a quick 15 minute pickup. This could be a snack. This could be a quick, sometimes I'll walk in my backyard and just like walk around my pool a couple of times and maybe like check in Voxer with some friends or something, just a mental movement. And this is helpful for your kids too because this signifies we're moving from one thing to the next. So, you know, think about your before bed routine with your kids, right? Like you know, on the days where I, because I do this sometimes, we will just like, we're watching a movie and then I'll turn off and be like bedtime. I mean, that is an awful night for us. Like nobody enjoys that. Everybody's fighting, right? And then I realized, what did I not do? We didn't set in that transition like normal. Like, okay, we're gonna turn the TV off and then let's go brush our teeth and read our story and do those things. So do this for yourself too. And then the last thing that I think is so important, and I call it thought catcher time, because back to that buffer time we need, we're going to forget things. Like Sunday, Kara makes this really good plan. Like it's great, it's golden. I'm like, oh, look at this plan. And then Monday, Kara's in the shower and she's like, crud, I forgot that I have to go get those end of school year gifts and I have to call the doctor and I'm in charge of snacks for baseball this weekend and all those sort of things. Right. So I actually recommend that inside your schedule somewhere, Plan out one to two small 20, 30-minute blocks of nothing. Don't fill it because you're going to think of things to fill it. And instead of altering the time that, like, say, for example, this morning, I realized, okay, I'm supposed to be in charge of snacks for Saturday's game. I should just run right now to the store after I drop off and go get the snacks, which is how our brains work. Just do it right away. Well, I have a plan for today, and I'm throwing that plan off. The reason we do that, though, is because we don't know where else it's going to fit. If you proactively block out 30 minutes, you know where it's going. So 30 minutes on Wednesday mornings, I have it blocked off. I draw my kids up at school. I run to the store. I get all the things I forgot to get over the weekend. And then I sit in my car and I make phone calls, doctor's appointments. I check my voicemails, whatever. And then I go home and then I start my day. And because that block is there, I'm not pushing my schedule off and I'm super intentional, and I'm no longer like, where's it going to fit? I'm like, cool, this is where it's going to go. So listen, I mentioned I have a teenager, right? So if he tells me on Monday he needs something, I say, great, I have time scheduled on Wednesday to go get it. And he has got to learn that that is the boundary. And that's how it started, was I was tired of running around for him doing a million things. And um, now he knows if you need something, either tell me when I make the grocery order on the weekends, Or you have to wait till Wednesday because I'm not stop doing the stop and drop anymore. It doesn't respect my boundaries, um, and I deserve that time that I've set
0: for myself. Yeah, so good. I love that the transition, the buffer, and the thought catcher. Well, Kara, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing. I know that this has been such a helpful conversation, and I love how practical you've made it for the mum. So. I hope that if you are listening, you had a pen and paper with you taking (laughs) notes, um, we can go back and listen again or go and get the 15 minute formula book. But Cara, can you just let us know where uh, everyone can find you where they can because I know that everyone's going to want more from you. Yeah, I know. This was like a
1: crash course, like super jam-packed and I talk super fast. So sorry if you're listening on like 1.5 speed, I should have prefaced with don't do that. I always tell people, because I listen at like 1.5, speed for things. And I always tell people, I don't even listen to me at that speed because it's fast. So I'm like, don't do it. Put me on 0.5. But anywho's, uh, Instagram is a good place. I'm at a purpose-driven mom. My podcast is the purpose-driven mom show. Um, and my book is the 15-minute formula. You can go to the 15-minuteformula.com slash free. There's a workbook that accompanies the book. It's absolutely free. So even if you don't get the book, grab the workbook. And inside the workbook, I've broken the book down into how to read it in 15 minute chunks so that you can finish it with some buffer time. So it is all in there for you, but you can get the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and fingers crossed, the audiobook, we're just waiting for approval, uh, should be up ASAP.
0: Yeah, audiobook. That is me, audiobook all the way. Uh, but I love that you have even got the workbook with how to read it in 15 minute chunks, because, you know, books are one of those things that as mums, we go, oh, yeah, I have a shelf full of books that I have all the yes. intention of reading. Uh, but 15 minutes, we can do that. We can yes, do that. Exactly. I mean, listen, I have tons of pretty books on the
1: shelf. And I wanted this book to be different because I literally was just decluttering my bookshelf and I put my TBR list up and I was like, oh gosh, I forgot I even bought that book, right? Because we don't make a plan for it. And so I wanted moms to see how to use the formula before they even read it, that it's doable. 15 minutes, you deserve more than that, but you can do at least that.
0: Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you again, Cara. I have loved chatting with you and I'm sure we'll have many more conversations in the future. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Wholesome Mama Show. I pray that you're blessed by this conversation and if you did get something out of today's episode, I would love for you to take a moment, leave a review, subscribe and even share this episode on your socials and please don't forget to tag me at Wholesome Mama.